to the field. Bases loaded. The pitch for Yachty. Here it comes. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron. Swings and hits it deep. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's a grand slam. Oh, a grand slam home run for Yachty here. Molina. He touches the ball. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. And from Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village, welcome to Cardinals Countdown Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Chris Raby with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne will join us in our next hour, and it's great to have Cardinals General Manager Mike Gersh with us as we get set for spring training a week from yesterday. Pitchers and catchers report workouts will be going by this time next week. And Mike, as always, appreciate the time. We were just chatting that I think this was the same week we did this last year as everyone was getting ready to head to Florida. Yeah, I think it was the same deal. I We had just packed up the truck, and it was on its way, and uh, we were chatting in the few days left before uh, a lot of the office heads down. It's an incredible amount of stuff that's in that clubhouse that gets brought down there and then put back in those minor league clubhouses. Everything from, you know, not only equipment to boxes of gum and sunflower seeds to bikes and golf clubs. It's unbelievable, and those guys that – the clubhouse guys, I know now Mark Walsh taking over the home side, you know, Rip on the visitor side, Ernie now who will be the traveling secretary. They they do an incredible job. It's like playing Tetris, I'm yeah. sure, to fit all that stuff on there. A lot of engineering. Yeah, there's a there's a uh, there's a lot of merchandise we move back and forth between <laughs> Jupiter and here. Sometimes I wonder why we don't just buy sunflower seeds down in Jupiter, but <laughs> I'm sure someone has figured this out. The Missouri homegrown exactly. sunflower seeds. You know, before we get going, what is that complex meant for you guys as a year-round asset? Because we talk about everyone heading to Florida, but there is a large staff that's there all year-round, whether it's big leaguers rehabbing or uh, obviously not just the Palm Beach Club, but guys that live in the area or or head to Florida early. It's pretty incredible the infrastructure that, that you guys have set up down there not just during spring training, but 12 months a year. Yeah, over the last decade or so, we've sort of created like almost like a second headquarters down there. And uh, Gary LaRock, our farm director, is based out of there. Uh, Luis Morales, our international director, is based out of there. Uh, Robert Butler is our performance director. He's based out of there. We have staff year-round for um, trainers and strength conditioning coaches. Uh, guys like Oliver Marmel and Jeff Albert, both big league coaches, live right in the neighborhood. Um, and so we, we try to make it available to players – basically year-round and and you know jupiter florida is a great place to be so it's an easy sell to get players to start spending more and more time there and you know some guys head down there january 1st some guys do it right after the winter warm-up but by the time we get down there on tuesday there'll be a there'll be a decent chunk of big league camp who's already been down there for a week or two and and getting used to it you know doing their thing and throwing and hitting and squeezing it around to golf every now and then. So uh, it's a good place, a good setup. Yeah, those poor trainers had to deal with the fantasy campers last week. That's a lot of, like, equal parts ice and then Bud Light, from my experience, in the training room after some of those days. I have not been down to fantasy camp ever, but I have heard stories about, like, after the first day of fantasy camp when every single guy is on a training table getting Ben Gay and uh, and an ace bandage somewhere on their body. You don't want to feast your eyes on some of that talent down there? <laughs> the talent evaluator, go yeah, back to your early roots? Nah, it's never come up. <laughs> Mike Gersh is with us. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. We are at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village. So, just give fans an idea, Mike, of this time of year. And it's weird to call you Mike. I'll just call you Gersh. Uh, you know, this time of year, week away or whatever, outside of the logistics of getting people down there, what's the day-to-day like? Is it different 
than the last couple of months of the offseason as you guys ramp up to actually getting into spring training and, and getting the club on the field and, and pretty much for the most part knowing who's on the roster? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a couple of things going on now as we as we sort of get ready to head down to Jupiter. One is, you know, this is Mike Schultz's first opportunity to really define a spring training and define what his staff's going to look like and what the processes are going to look like. And Schultz and his staff have done a ton of work this offseason to, uh, to prepare, to, you know, introduce some new concepts and new approaches to things, to improve how we do some of our advanced scouting. And a lot of the guys in the office uh, – um, are working really hard to make that happen. And so a lot of what we're doing now is getting that stuff kind of to the point where we can start showing it to the players or to the staff because we're all going to be together, you know, in a week. Um, so there's been a lot of work sort of behind-the-scenes stuff that, you know, yeah. that isn't seen by much of anybody. And, frankly, some of it's so behind-the-scenes that even people who use the website don't realize the amount of work that went into preparing everything and, you know, making everything run smoothly. Um, so there's a lot of work we've been doing on that end. And then, you know, look, this this uh, this is the time of year when you sort of revisit some free agents and check back in to see if uh, if if anything's changed or if minor league option minor league uh, contracts are suddenly more appealing or or whatnot. So we're always we're always poking around trying to find ways to improve the roster as the market. Then we had these conversations sometimes to the point of 20, 25, 30 minutes at the winter meetings. That was two months ago. It's incredible. I guess a couple of days and change, it'll be February 8th, 9th, 10th. But has the market surprised you over the last month? Is that a hard question to answer? Because obviously you can't speak for other clubs. You can't speak for players and their representatives. But as we sit here now, two months removed from the winter meetings, how do you describe the market over that time period? Well, I think think last year – the market moved slower than we had expected or than it had in the past. Um, and last year, it was the first time it really felt that way for a lot of players. There had yeah. always occasionally been one or two players who were still out, you know, available in February or whatever. But last year, there was, you know, several top guys. And right now, it's like 50% of guys who entered the offseason as free agents right around there. I don't know the last yeah. 24 hours, but are free yeah. agents. And that's the thing. Like, this year, we went into this, this offseason – kind of trying to figure out whether last year was a aberration or if last year was the start of a new trend. And so I'm not sure I had a strong belief either direction about sort of how the market would play out or how quickly things would happen. I guess I'm somewhat surprised, but, but again, it's not that different than how last off season went. And to your point, it, it always just takes one phone call or, or one, one side saying yes for things to move quickly. And so who knows how close, you know, a player or a team were in December to getting something done and for whatever reason maybe didn't you know it's hard to say but um it is different it's certainly different than it's been you know up until last year you, you know skies were signing at the winter meetings or or at least by christmas and now you know you're coming into january and february and people are still looking for jobs so do you have a hypothesis for that question aberration or trend at this point um well so i i so i think it's one of these things where if it is a trend then the logical reaction is to to react to it and get back to a, get back to something more like how it used to be. So, if you know if teams are being you're talking about just to clarify having this many unsigned players at this point of the offseason. Yeah, like if if teams if team if there's a trend where teams are going to be super patient and wait, then some teams going to decide to be more aggressive, right? Everyone zigs when other people zag, right? And if if agents feel like 
if I wait too long, I'm going to get aced out, then they're going to be more aggressive signing early in the offseason, right? So I think it's hard to say, you know, nobody would have seen it slow down like it has the last two seasons, and I'm not sure when it will speed back up, but I imagine that, you know, there'll be the, you know, give and take between the two sides kind of ongoing. Mike Gersh is with us. Uh, Our first segment of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. We're at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village, and for a couple more minutes we are on our KMOX Sports Facebook Live. As you look at your club and what you've done, you addressed certainly some needs early in the offseason with um, trades, with free agent signings. What do you like most about your club on paper right now compared to the group you had at the end of last season? Well, I'm. I think when when you when you acquire someone like Paul Goldschmidt, like a a legitimate, consistent MVP candidate, yeah. someone who finishes in the top five or ten virtually every year of his career, it's hard to to, to not point to that as the thing that's most exciting. He's one of the best right hand hitters in baseball, so um, I think that's obviously kind of reshapes our entire lineup. You, you know, Carp Carp's had a great had a great year last year. He's one of the better hitters in baseball. We expect better things from Ozuna. We expect Paul DeYoung to have a great season. You know, as long as he can avoid getting hit by a pitch and breaking his wrist in the middle of the season, you take out, you know, the first month back from that, and he had he had a pretty darn good offensive season. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, but when you have someone like Goldschmidt in the middle of the lineup, I think that that really you know gives you some confidence that you're going to be able to score runs and you know keep 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 the offense humming and prevent runs too, right? How much does does he transform that that defense? And I know. To Carpenter, if you look at certain metrics, has been pretty good at third base when he's been there over the last few years. So it's kind of a domino effect there on the infield, not just Paul moving to first and Carpenter at third, but then also Paul receiving throws from right. everybody, right? Right. No, I think for sure. I think, you know, we having a gold glover at first base takes the pressure off everybody else from making perfect throws. It allows guys to, you know, maybe make a throw that it, this this might be a bad idea, but I know that he'll keep it from being a two base error. You know, you can, you can take a chance. Um, I really, when you look at our defense, you know, we have a gold glove behind the plate and we have gold glove caliber players at first, second and center. Like that, that's a pretty darn good start to a, to a quality defense. And, you know, I, I think Paul DeYoung has shown he's an above average shortstop and, you know, it, it's, it puts us in a good position where, again, I think our offense is going to be better than, better than last year. And I think our defense will too. Uh, a couple more minutes here in this first segment with Mike Gersh on Cardinals Countdown Opening Day presented by Ameren. What did you like about the way Mike Schilt took over last year? And, and not just the record that, that you guys put up and that incredible August you had. And with all due respect to Mike Matheny, his staff, you know, the record and what they accomplished speak for itself. But as you reflect on what you guys did from an execution standpoint, the second half of last year after the All-Star break, what impressed you most? Have you reflected on that during this offseason and, and looked at building blocks headed into this year based on Schilte and his staff, the foundation they laid? Yeah, I think I think one of the things that Schilte did right away when he uh, when he took over right after the All-Star break was, um, you know, he called it ball talk or he instituted the, the, yeah. the daily meeting, right? And, and I think what really made it work is that the players bought in because it wasn't, coaches telling the players what you did wrong yesterday right like nobody wants nobody wants that conversation right um instead it was the players talking amongst themselves about what went well yesterday what went wrong yesterday what we could do better what this pitcher how this pitcher attacks me as a left-handed hitter it's like a baseball think tank yeah and and 
and I think it energized everybody and it got everyone, you know, bought into the fact that, you know, it, it sort of regenerated the, the excitement of being a team and working together and, and sort of all for one, one for all sort of attitude where, you know, you, you are meeting every day to talk about how we can make this happen. And look, when, when we made that change, making a run at the playoffs wasn't an obvious, you know, it wasn't going to be easy. And, and, you know, Shilty led that team and, and some of the veterans led the, led the, the group to, uh, we brought a bunch of young guys up and they all performed and the veterans led the way and got us into a position where, you know, with whatever, six games left in the season, we, we, we were pretty sure we were going to the playoffs. Unfortunately, we fell short, but made it interesting at least. That's the incredible thing. I have been with the Cardinals Radio Network since 2013, and I think I've been on the air, or there have been a total of three regular season games in that span in which you've been mathematically eliminated from the postseason. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe even I think it's two because last year it was until Sunday at, at Wrigley because you needed some help uh, on the West yeah, Coast. So I think, I think it was the Sunday it was the last or the weekend the series a couple of years ago, and then last year the last game at Wrigley. Yeah, it's it's, un- it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, the 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 fact that we haven't made the playoffs in three years obviously is is the motivation for some of what we've been doing this year and and. Um, going out and getting someone like Goldschmidt, but but you know when you look back, it, the, the frustrating thing is that we haven't gotten to where we want to go, but we have played well, we have won games, we've been competitive, and it almost makes it harder to look back and because every game stings a little bit more when you end up one or two games out, you know. Um, but yeah, we've I think I think last I think the last game of the last two seasons are the only two games that we've been mathematically eliminated since 2010 or something like that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, that's Mike Gersh, Cardinals general manager. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Thanks to everyone for joining us on Facebook Live. You can continue listening along on our flagship station, KMOX, and right after this break on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Don't forget, Cardinals tickets. On sale right now. Don't strike out with your Valentine this year. Got a good idea for you, Gersh. Treat your sweetheart to dinner in a Cardinals game with all-inclusive tickets featuring excellent seats, a full buffet, and complimentary bar service. This week only, select games in April and May available starting at just $55. Get your all-inclusive tickets today at cardinals.com. Cardinals GM Mike Gersh is with us. Not to dive too much into the infrastructure of things, but it's amazing to see what is constantly going on over at that ballpark. And... Uh, the facility that you guys have, not just for what's happening on the field and performance for the players, but, you know, the constant upgrading of some of the areas, whether it be all-inclusive areas, large gathering areas that are revenue-driving streams over the course of the off season and during the year, the new lights that I'm yeah. excited to see, I think that'll make an incredible difference when you watch a game and actually see those things come on. Yeah, I, I, I've been in a few, a few stadiums where, you know, when you know whatever they shoot off fireworks or whatever when when someone hits a home run, but they also like, you know, flash the lights and yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, like, you don't see that much light being turned on and off very often. <laughs> like, it's a full stadium of of flashing lights. So, um, yeah, I haven't seen it in action or anything, but it's cool. It's a cool upgrade. Let's talk a little bit about. Uh, Mike Schilt and his staff, um, because there have been some new additions, both external and internally from the organization the last few years. And I was wondering about the decision to move the instructional camp for some of your top prospects to January. I know 
Shelton and his staff were able to get down to Florida, not just work with some of the guys, but also lay out a plan for spring training, spend some time together. Tell us a little bit uh, about and give fans maybe a peek behind the curtain about uh, those couple of days down there and the benefits for not just the players but for the coaching staff. Yeah, so Instructional League has traditionally been um, in, you know, sort of October, late September, early October. You know, oftentimes you let the minor league players go home for a couple weeks at the end of their season, which is right around Labor Day, and then bring them back. Uh, to, to spend a month or so doing instructional league, yeah. and that's what most teams have done, and, and we've done it too for for most of the you know most of the time I've been here. Um, but last year, Gary LaRock and the player development staff made a suggestion about moving instructs from sort of that September October time frame to January, and the thought was, a lot of the kids that we draft start playing you know baseball basically in January. If, if you're from a southern state, your high school season might you know already be going. And if you're a college player, you start you start practice in January, even if you don't start games till mid February. And so by the time we got to October, the the kids, what what should have been an instructional time when they were gaining knowledge and gaining opportunities, became kind of a drag. They they were they were tired and ready for you know ready to get some get some time off. And so yeah. we decided to move that instructional camp to January. Um, it means that it's a little bit there's since fewer teams do that, we're able to focus more on. Uh, instruction and physical fitness and nutrition and all those sorts of things sort of check in in the middle of the offseason and make sure the guys are on their way to coming to spring training ready to go we don't play games but that's fine we because the pitchers aren't ready to throw in yeah. games and um and then it worked out that Schilte would wanted to bring his staff together in jupiter to plan and strategize at, at what spring training was going to look like we, you know when what time are we going to have the you know team meetings you know how are we going to run things what order are we going to go through the fundamentals, all those sorts of things. And it worked out where it was while the instructional league kids were down there. And so there, there was some overlap between the instructional camp and non-roster invites. So there was an opportunity for our big league staff to see some guys who will be, who will be up at big league camp, but also guys who will come to step camp and, just a good opportunity for them to see some players and players to get a chance to interact with the major league staff. And not just your drafted players who have had a long year, but I was on a caravan with Tommy Edmond and was just having a just an awesome conversation with him about how, you know, he's made such a jump over the last two years. And then also being able to – I might be wrong, but I, I think it was going to fall league and play third base and pl- or play yeah, some third base yeah, yeah. this year for the first time. He did some utility this year for the right. first time. Right, and – you know, even take some time to reflect on that, decompress, and then in January, rather than at the end of a long season, then go and be able to implement some of what he had reflected upon himself. He said he found that, you know, tremendously helpful. And not only is he one of the, you know, more insightful guys, yeah. perhaps, in terms of the way he describes stuff. Stanford but for kids tend to be uh, yeah, yeah, pretty sharp. Yeah, but, you know, like, that makes sense. If you yeah. want to go back and evaluate and – have a checklist and get into your off-season workouts and then, you know, maybe come in so it doesn't feel like it's one long season crunched together. Yeah, I, I think we were getting to the point where when we would go to a kid and tell him that he was invited to instructional league, it wasn't clear whether they were excited or not, right? It was like, oh, man, it was can't like, go home for yeah, another two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> some kids were like, oh, I, I you know, I, I was hoping to go back and finish my last semester of school or I, I was, you know, looking forward to, like, seeing my family or whatever and instead I got to come right back here. And that was sort of the hint that maybe we should think about if there's a better way to do this. And when, when you tell kids you're going to bring them in in January to you know to Jupiter, Florida, from there's not too many places that have better weather than, in January yeah. than Jupiter, right? Kids are excited. They're excited to get back outside. They're excited to start 
you know, see the guys that they've they spent the summer with but have been away from for a few months. And so the energy level of Instructs is really, really high. And, and we're really excited about the way it's worked. And I think that for, for the foreseeable future, we're going to stick with a January Instructs. How would you, and, and final question for this segment before we take a break and have a couple more minutes with Mike Gersh on Cardinals Countdown Opening Day. As you look top to bottom, and I know it's hard, but if your organization and all of your players, including the big league level, are a portfolio, how would you assess the strength of, of your portfolio, the club's portfolio, right now in all areas? I guess the diversification compared to maybe over the course of, you know, since you've been with the club. Yeah, I think I think right now, we are as deep at the big league level and, and the upper minors as we have been probably since I've been here. And I think that's reflected in the fact that, you know, our Memphis team is, has won the PCL two years in a row. They've set records for wins two years in a row. They won all of AAA last year. And and yet we took like half their team to the big leagues in the wonder, middle of the season. I wonder if they set a record for most rostered players who yeah. saw game action over the last they had two a years. Lot. It's going to be like 100 the last two years, right? The list of AAA championship rings is pretty long <laughs> yeah. this year. Expensive, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, so so we have a lot of depth up there. We have a lot of guys who, you know, have been in the big leagues or are on the cusp of the big leagues um, that, are that you know, are good prospects. I think what we have coming behind that is some young, exciting talent that's a little bit farther away. Um, and I think we have some upside in some of those guys. A guy like Nolan Gorman, who was yeah, our first-round pick sure. last year, who, who – ran through the Appy League about as well as any high school kid has in recent memory. You got a bunch of third A kid baseman. like Malcolm Nunez <laughs> who destroyed the Dominican Summer League in a way that like, you know, he made it looked like a video game numbers that don't even hardware. make sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um Montero, the other third baseman who was at who won the MVP of the uh of the Midwest League and is and made it up to Palm Beach. He's only twenty years old. So we've got some young bats that I'm not sure we've had too many times I've been here where we've got two or three young bats where you're like Look, I don't know what's going to happen, but that guy has a chance to be a special offensive player. And, and I don't know. It's a testament to the whole organization, too. But to do it where you've drafted, and it's you and maybe the Yankees, I think, who haven't had a top 15 pick or top 18 pick over the uh, – wh- whatever, whatever it is, semantics. But it's impressive. And, and and to do it internationally as well, it's impressive. Yeah, you know, it's a tribute to, to Randy Flores and the amateur scouting department, what they've been able to do you know, without top picks um, to Moises Rodriguez, who was our international director for years, who's now our assistant GM and and Luis Morales. Everyone's calls him Lumo, uh, what they've done internationally and and really to to Gary LaRock and his staff. I I mean, it, it, we don't, we don't pretend that anything works independently. You can draft the best players in the world, but you still got to develop them. And if you develop well enough, you can turn, you can, you know, shine up a diamond out of, out of maybe something that another team wouldn't be able to do. So, um, that that entire infrastructure that we have in place has been has been successful, and it's constantly been feeding players who can help us in the big leagues, and and we hope to keep that going. All right, one more quick break, and we're back with more with Cardinals general manager Mike Gersh on Cardinals countdown opening day presented by Amarant on the Cardinals radio network. This is the countdown to opening day show presented by Amarant on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back. We're at Cardinals Nation Restaurant Inside Ballpark Village. Chris Raby and Mike Gersh. A couple more segments with the Cardinals GM. Don't forget about the Cardinals Kids Club. It's presented by Rawlings. It's the fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes exclusive Cardinals items, two tickets to a 2019 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only party at Bush Stadium, and much more. Visit cardinals.com slash kidsclub to join. 
Um, there was a report, Mike, from Jeff Passan of ESPN. Obviously, don't know what you can comment on that. Uh, there have been discussions between the league and the Players Association on a variety of topics, including, um, you know, pitchers having to face three batters minimum, universal DH. That's obviously the big one. How would you assess not just where the industry is right now, but the willingness to have conversation and to move forward in a direction to maybe change things? Because a lot of times people will pine for the good old days, and right. I know have an emotional attachment to this game. How would you just assess where the industry is right now in terms of being, I don't want to say forward-thinking because that would imply that the way right now isn't working, but in terms of being open to change? Yeah, I think, you know, so first of all, the I just first heard about this stuff yesterday as well. I mean, we, at the GM meetings, kind of every year, we talk about some ideas that have sure. come up or, or possibilities, Um I, I the first I heard that there was you know it, it may shock people to learn that they don't consult with uh, every front office individually to get their opinion on every possible rule change. Um, so I don't know where they are. Or what I, I suspect very little is going to change for 2019, given that we're you know what we said six days away from yep. spring training starting. I, I certainly hope they don't uh, do too much different, but. We've I, seen some aggressiveness, though, from the commissioner's office yeah. over the last couple of years compared to maybe the decade prior. I, I, I do think that that the, the commissioner looks at, you know, looks at baseball as a living thing that needs to adjust to the times and, 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 and try to kind of make improvements to, to, to fit the nature of the sport. I think, you know, we've as an industry, we've determined that, you know, striking out is not that bad which mathematically it's not, and hitting home runs is really good, which never no one ever doubted that part of it, but it does result at times in, in games that aren't as much fun to watch, right? Like when, you know, two-thirds of the players are just walking back Three to the dugout. Outcomes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the world's most exciting brand of baseball. And so, you know, as an as a, as a organization, as someone who works for a team, I, that, my job's not to make an exciting brand of baseball. My job is to win games, right? And every team is trying to figure out the best way to win games, but the commissioner's office is trying to take a look at it from another angle, which is like, what's the bet? What, what's the most entertaining product that we can put out there, and what can we tweak to make that you know, improvements along the way? It might be sacrilege to say in St. Louis, but I personally like the idea of a designated hitter. Obviously, the union would like the idea of creating more jobs. I'll throw this at you. I have I've said, and it's not my idea, but I think it would be great to have the idea of not just a 26th rostered player, but you could even almost have a healthy scratch like hockey every night where it's the previous starter or the starter that's pitching the next day just to give more flexibility and also so you're not having to rely on that, for your instance, I-55 corridor. I think that those are the kinds of ideas that wouldn't necessarily change the game. Wayno pitched last night. You're not going to see him the next day unless he campaigns right. to pinch it in the right. 15th right. inning. Right. So maybe he's a bad example. Um, you're not going to see John Gant the next day. <laughs> so... I, I just think that sometimes, you know, fans, as, as fans, and especially in this town, we get we get used to the way things have been done rather than thinking maybe this would benefit everybody. Yeah, I think there's some – I think that's some of the types of stuff that, that have been talked about, about having an inactive list or something. I mean, like one of the – Do you like the, the idea of a DH? You know, I, I, I'd prefer not to have one. Like, I kind of like the way things are. Yeah. That being said – Pitchers, we're the, we're the last league like in the world that has pitchers hitting. 
Like pitchers don't hit in high school. Pitchers don't hit in college. Well, pitchers hit in high school because they're the best players and because they're playing shortstop right, or right. they're hitting cleanup. But there's yeah. a there's a designated hitter in most high schools. I know what you mean. There's a designated yeah. hitter in college. There's a designated hitter in the minor leagues. There's DHs in the Japan. Yeah. I mean, there's just it, it gets to the point where like if the pitchers are so bad at hitting that it takes away from the game, are we just trying to like prove a point that you have I to be able to do it? I won't tell any of you guys that you said that. Well, no, but and not individually. We we actually have one of the best hitting staffs. Incredible athletes. I think the last couple of years we've led the National League in hitting in, in, in the, the pitching staff, and it's a, it's a real advantage. But as a group, it's just, it, you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure where we'll end up. But going back to your other question about inactives and the like, I think one of the areas that we've talked about from a, you know the GM meetings and the like, it's especially like in September, right? September we expand the rosters. You're you're, you're in the pennant race, and now you got you know 22 players in the yeah. bullpen, and you can pinch hit and pinch run and match up and 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 no one really likes the baseball that way. Like no, if someone asked, hey, why don't we make a new rule and let everyone have 40 players in September? People would be like, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. But because <laughs> because that's the way we've it's always the way done we've it. We've always done yeah, it. Yeah, there's just an inertia to stick with it, and I think that's some of what. I think is up for discussion now is trying to get away from the inertia and say, look, you know, if, if blank slate, if the rule wasn't in place, would we go put this rule in place or would we, or would we say that's not a good change to me? It is legitimately an asset. The athletes that you guys have as pitchers are on your roster that can give a little bit of flexibility, whether it's a pinch runner or not having to burn a guy. And, you know, we had Flaherty on a couple of weeks ago and it sparked a huge discussion yeah. about the basketball yeah, game. Yeah, I saw and then, that. I got nervous on. that there was an actual basketball game being don't played. Worry, don't worry, don't worry. I, very nervous I, I said it. that I would, uh, I would announce it, but also maybe, maybe, maybe we arrange it so it's like a game of horse and it can just be <laughs> Flaherty against Dexter. Yeah, yeah. So no, it. We legitimately, you know, between Wayno and like Flaherty was a two-way guy that could have easily been drafted as a third That's baseman. Where the game is going too, right? Carlos, it is, but to some extent, like pitchers are like athletes end up on the mound, and those are the guys yeah. who pitch. But then they go into a system where they don't hit for a long time. Now, Jack Flaherty made it from being drafted to the big leagues fast enough that he still has some of that hitting. Yeah. But if it takes you six years to make it, and in the first You're four, you never take it at bat, like, it's not – I mean, guys are throwing 98 and with movement, and it's not a fair fight. And so I can understand why you ask yourself, like, look, do we really want – you know, and plus, like you know, a lot of the pitchers are six, seven. You know, like guys who so are. Flaherty said he's like, we have the size advantage. Yeah, it's it's Flaherty, Michaelis, Wainwright. Those are yeah, some it's a pretty good front goals. line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. Come back a couple more minutes with Mike Gersh on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren and the Cardinals Radio Network. Now back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Last couple of minutes with Mike Gersh on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. We will be coming to you live from Jupiter, Florida next week. Can't wait. Also can't wait for the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. Return to Bush Stadium May 16th. Tickets on sale now at cardinals.com slash soccer. On that note, do a little lightning around here. Favorite sport to watch if and when you have time outside of maybe your kids' endeavors outside of baseball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like ten-year-old or twelve-year-old girls volleyball doesn't count. Um, I think I I am a Notre Dame grad, and this year the uh, Fighting Irish uh, football was fun. Uh, was Heck of more, a year, more fun to watch than it has been in a while. And uh, my little guy is ten and got into it, and so I think uh, on on fall weekends when when uh, when we're not playing, which 
I, I prefer not to watch any uh, Notre Dame games and be traveling all of October with the team, but uh, this this was a fun year to watch in football. It's an incredible place, too, just that campus and that just aura around it. It's it's remarkable. It's kind of hard to describe unless you've been there. It's almost like I'm sure how people feel sometimes when they come to Bush Stadium. No, I, that's when I – when I moved here in 2006 to start with the Cardinals, that's how I described it. I had never been to a place that had any sort of, like, there's not many sporting events you go to where everyone's wearing the same color. Yeah. And, and or it's better than you expect. Yeah, and, and it, it's it's like college football. That's that's how I describe it. We have 81 college football games, which is insane, because, like, if you have six or seven, that's like a normal college football season. But that's how every night feels at the ballpark, just everyone dressed in red. What is on Mike... Gersh's iPhone right now when you get on the plane to go to Florida next week. Give me a podcast recommendation and give me some music you're listening to right now. So uh, I am I am a, a fiend with podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I don't actually listen to very much music at all. I listen to whatever country music my kids uh, decide to put on. Um, <laughs> the but Gersh I'm, kids, big, big yeah, country fans. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but it did somehow. <laughs> Your uh, leadoff hitter, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there are a few songs that are walk-up yeah. songs. Like when I hear them, I'm like, "Oh, this is Hollywood walk-up song." Down, summer day. That's exactly. the only part of that song I know. Yeah, it gets stuck in my head. Um, but I listen to a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts. Uh, a few baseball ones. Um, Effectively Wild is a f- uh, podcast, uh, baseball podcast uh, from Fangraphs. Uh, a couple other baseball ones. Uh, I listen to things like Freakonomics and some NPR stuff. Just. Some of it's daily things just to know what's going on in the world, and some of it's, you know, I find someone recommends it, and I get hooked on it for a while. KMOX Sports Open Line. Obviously, as KMOX. Well. I, that goes without saying. What about watching when you're not watching baseball or thinking about baseball? Are you a binge-watch guy, a movie guy? I am not a huge binge-watcher. Probably have no time to do that. <laughs> the, well, uh, you know, I honestly, I spend a lot of time at volleyball uh, <laughs> Okay. I got two daughters playing volleyball, so I spent about 10 hours in the gym on Sunday when it was 70 degrees out. It was perfect. Um, but I got into uh, The Good Place, a little TV show on NBC. Yeah. It's pretty entertaining. I don't know. He, he got and then, and decompress. And then uh, Making of a Murderer, that, that uh, Netflix series. That was a good one. Yeah, the, the season two is out. There are some good true co- true crime podcasts Yeah, as well. Yeah. All across Cereal the board. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. How about Favorite Restaurant? In St. Louis, favorite restaurant in Jupiter? Oh, boy. Um, in Jupiter, it's Jetty's. Jetty's out on the patio. You often by see the you guys there, yeah. Is, uh, it's, I don't know if it's the best food, but the food tastes really good because you're in like a nice outdoor, beautiful setting, and uh, it's, a, it's a good setup. Um, man, you know, in St. Louis, I, I, we have four kids. We're always running <laughs> around. Like, our best dinners are like raising canes or something like that. There you go. There's you nothing could, wrong with that. You could pick up a whole bunch of it for the family on the way home. So, I owe my wife a nice dinner before I leave town. And because Valentine's Day is coming up. So, I got to find raising better, canes. I got to find a better answer than raising canes sometime before Sunday. Or at least spring for an extra sauce. I gave <laughs> you the idea. I gave you the idea for the uh, for the Valentine's yeah, tickets yeah, yeah. earlier. Cardinal tickets. Uh, finally, just in our last minute here. If you gave Mike Gersh, you know, when you were emailing clubs and uh, talking to John Mozeliak and the Cardinals for the first time, if you could give him one piece of advice right now, what would it be? Um, to, to, to go for it, right? Like, I'm not sure 
that uh, that my decision to to walk away from my career in Chicago and move my wife, my one and a half year old twins. My wife was pregnant with our third. We were both from Chicago to take the grandkids away from the grandparents. I'm not sure that was a good idea at the time, but um, it couldn't have worked out better. We we've been you know St. Louis is is home now, and it didn't take long for us to feel that way. We you know people here welcomed us with open arms. And uh, yeah, I showed up in 2006, and in October I was sitting out in the outfield watching uh, watching us win a World Series. It's not bad. It's been a heck of a ride. You yeah. were in the stands? Uh, yeah, I was sitting in the center field with my I, with my siblings, all of whom didn't like the Cardinals at the time, but came to watch a World Series with me. Hey, I feel like that now. When I was at Wrigley in 2015, and all my family was there rooting for the Cubs, and I was on the field ticked off that yeah. the season was over. But yeah. uh, Gersh, appreciate this man. It was a blast, and. Uh, we'll see you down in some warm sunshine in about a week. Yep, see you down in Jupiter. Back in a moment at the Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown Opening Day, presented by Amron. Chris Raby with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Thanks to Mike Gersh for joining us over the last hour. It was awesome to talk some baseball before everyone gets set to head down to Jupiter, Florida. We're going to talk some promo items coming up in a couple of minutes. You can see all of the items on the Cardinals Facebook page on Facebook Live. Also, don't forget about the Cardinals' official calendar. It's on sale now, the 2019 calendar at St. Louis Area Retailers or by calling 314-345-9000. We'll give one away right now. Call her 3 at 314-531-1120. A quick break, and then we're back with Hour 2. We'll also hear from Lane Thomas. Mike Claiborne will join us as well. Chris Rabby with you. Ben Boyd, Mike Anderson, Sam Masterson helping us out as well tonight. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. All right, back to the field. Base is loaded. The pitch for Yanni. Here it comes. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. Swings and hits it deep. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's a grand slam. Oh, a grand slam home run for Yadier Molina. He touches the ball. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. And welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. We are on the Cardinals Facebook live feed as well as the Cardinals Radio Network and our flagship station KMOX. A big thanks to Cardinals General Manager Mike Gersh for joining us in the 7 o'clock hour. He was just a warm-up act because Megan Eberhardt <laughs> from the Cardinals is here and she has brought gifts. We're going to talk some promo items and look at the display we have in front of us. Thanks for coming over. What's going on? Thank you for having me. This is actually just a fraction of what we have for 2019. It's pretty incredible um, what you guys do every year. We talked about some of the theme nights and promotional items a couple of weeks ago, but we're going to run through some of the old favorites, some of the new additions, <clears throat> including this little guy. Yeah, we are both sporting a wearable. Yeah, we certainly are. And, um, again, I'm just always blown away uh, what we have so as we show folks on the cardinals facebook live page let's dive in right now cardinals.com slash promotions is the website where you can see everything going on all year and we'll start with some of the returning favorites nothing says opening day megan like call of famers inside the convertibles and 
we've got a great group of them right here in front of us. That's right. So last year we featured three of our Hall of Famers, and fans were just so excited to collect all three. That this year we have now introduced three new Hall of Famers for 2019. So this is the second home game at Bush Stadium. Fans will go home with one of these options. Wow, look at those. They're incredible. I'm, I'm always blown away by the bobbleheads and, and how lifelike they look. I wonder if those guys maybe in the future would come with like a voice chip so they could chirp because certainly all uh, favorites of ours on the radio, but you got Bruce, you got Whitey. I mean, these are these are great. How do you guys come up with the ideas for the bobbleheads and especially the returning favorites? I imagine you get some great feedback from fans. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We love the feedback from fans. And so a lot of them will stop us in the ballpark and give us ideas, call in, or even find us on Facebook and send us messages. And so we actually start planning the promotional schedule in October of the year before we release the schedule for the, the next year. And so it takes a lot of hours of meetings to come up with these great items. So those will be the Hall of Famers. And a big thanks to Ford as they are sitting in those great GTs. That's on April 6th. Another returner. We've got the Yachty Tumblers. Right and once again, it comes with two options. We love the mystery theme. And so you are holding the red one, and I have the blue one. It has Yachty across the bottom, and it features two Cardinals logos on it. And that is brought to you by Apple Vacations. These are legit. These are heavy duty. Whether you need something cold during the season or something warm early or late in the season, these are really impressive. We talk about the quality of this stuff all the time, but you know, to come up with an item like this that might cost somebody 40 or 50 bucks to go out and buy. You're going to get it just for coming to uh, a game in April. Absolutely. And we had to bring this one back to our promotional list because the fans loved it. But not only did the fans love it, but Yachty loved it. Do you remember last year he brought one to the All-Star game? Yeah. So we had to give fans another opportunity to get their Yachty Tumblr. That's great self-promotion. Tell us about one more <laughs> returning favorite. And speaking of quality, you guys have a beautiful glove uh, that will be given out in June, courtesy of our friends at Rawlings. Absolutely. This is the kids' Rawlings glove. Like you said, it is the Sunday Angels game. And so kids 15 and under will go home with this glove, and they can play ball in their yard or take it to their practice. That's a really nice glove. I could use that at fantasy camp that is oh, in june yeah. and again thanks to our friends at rawlings you have some great new items as well again cardinals.com slash promotions is where you can go and i love wearing vests and i am sporting yeah. the cardinals vest right now you brought it in i said sure i'll model it uh this is in april and this is an awesome item. I'm going to, like, use this as spring training. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are a lot of fans here in St. Louis that wish they had one of those right now in the winter so they can come to the ballpark in April, grab that item, and then wear it all winter long. Really nice wearable and one of the new items. I like to think that I'm the inspiration for that. Tell you us were, also, you were, definitely were. Tell us also about uh, two new items you have in front of you. We'll start with this Cardinals purse, Megan. Yeah, so the vest may be your favorite item. But my favorite item is this crossbody purse. We have crossbody purse. Yes, so I you like wear that. it. The technical term. Your yeah. body. It is cardinal red. It features gold accents. It has a gold metal STL logo on it, and multiple pockets, so you can bring this back to the ballpark with you. It can hold your ticket, your phone, um, and you can be hands free while you enjoy your nachos. That's in May. That is the Cardinals purse, another uh, beautiful item, and then uh, the dog bowl presented by Purina in May for some of our Cardinal friends. And again, a little representation here uh, for the gold glover on the front. 
So we mentioned the Yachty Tumbler that was so popular last year. We decided that the pets need an opportunity to enjoy a Yachty item as well. So we have taken that stainless steel look and made it into a pet bowl. So Purina is sponsoring this item in May. All right, again, cardinals.com slash promotions. I know so much excitement about uh, the blue jerseys this year, the powder blues yes. that are coming back for the club on the road on Saturdays. And, again, look at look at these. The quality. Yeah, so last year I was I love these. First, I think these are unbelievable. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. But we actually upgraded our giveaway jerseys last year to feature the embroidered look. And so this jersey giveaway in April will be the upgraded, really nice quality jersey that fans would love to add to their collection. Maybe you could do the matching pants next year. And folks How fun could would come, that be? Folks could come decked out in the powder blues to uh, Bush Stadium. And we've got a couple more wearables over here. We've got uh, a couple of jerseys and also some great socks. So, of course, we have to offer the blue jersey for the kids. And so they will go home with their very own version featuring Yachty. We got a lot of Yachty on the counter right we here do. at Ballpark Village. We do. And then also, can you believe it's the 10th anniversary of the All-Star Game that was hosted here at Bush Stadium? 10th anniversary. So we will send fans home with this National League jersey replica. And the sock game as well, right? Yeah, so these are actually Parkway by Stance socks. And so oh, wow. once again, this will be a mystery item where fans will not know which of these three socks they go home with until they come through the gates that day. See, I'm also a sock guy, so Great. we've got the vests so we have just and the socks covered. Taking care yeah. of your entire wardrobe. Um, Marcelo Zuna as well is sitting here in front of us. We have four different bobbleheads, and I love that he's got the sleeves on. Look at this. So like Couple I neon mentioned, sleeves, a red, a white. the mystery, the randomized. So fans will go home with one of these four options. And we featured all four of our jerseys. And then we also threw in the sleeves. I love these. And again, four different jerseys for the Cardinals this year, four different Marcelo Zunas. And a big thanks to AAA Insurance for sponsoring that giveaway. Again, cardinals.com slash promotions. You guys always blow me away with what you come up with and just, again, the quality of the items. So we appreciate you coming by and look forward to seeing you at the ballpark. Yeah, we'll see everyone there. All right, we'll take a quick break and be back with more. It's Cardinals Countdown Opening Day presented by Ameren. Big thanks to Megan Everhart Thank from you. the Cardinals. And we're back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back. Don't strike out with your Valentine this year. Treat your sweetheart to dinner in a Cardinals game with all-inclusive tickets featuring excellent seats, a full buffet, and complimentary bar service. This week only select games in April and May are available starting at just $55. Get your all-inclusive tickets today at cardinals.com. Chris Raby back with you. A big thanks to Mike Gersh for joining us in the first hour of the program. Megan Eberhardt from the Cardinals for coming over and showing off some of the promo items on Facebook Live. You can go to the Cardinals' Facebook page and see those. Mike Claiborne joins us now from Florida. And, Claibs, there is a Cardinals vest day this year. And you know I'm a big vest guy. And Megan and the folks from the Cardinals gave me a vest. So you're all set. Your wardrobe is now complete. Ready to go. Just kind of wear the same thing down at spring training every day. You know, hot takes well, means you need official. a hot vest. Yeah. What's going yeah. on, man? It's great to great to have you here on, on the program down from Florida. We're all pumped to get down there. And you're fresh off the Cardinals cruise. We heard an awesome conversation with you and Mike Schilt last week. What was the cruise like? It was great. Um, you know, Mike Schilt was terrific. Uh, you know, he interacted with the fans. And, um, yeah. you know, he had his own 
personal sit down with the fans where, you know, we do a Q&A with all of the alums and the players. And he said, hey, if anybody's got nothing to do at 430, we can do this again, you and me. And he, he was awesome. great. He answered every question and he was having fun with it as well. And, and I think the fans really had a connection with him, not to mention uh, Vince Coleman who was uh, now Cardinal Hall of Famer. And I, I think a lot of fans remembered what he was able to do. And, you know, he, he really understands base stealing and base running, unlike a lot of people today. And I, I guess the reason why he stands out is because nobody steals bases anymore. Uh. And just him talking about it was just fascinating. And uh, it was great. It was, it was a great cruise. I, I think everybody had a great time. Uh, we had a couple of coaches on there as well who were very insightful. So, they really, to me, Chris, kind of got this thing started as far as just the, in what I think is going to be an exciting year, and I think it's going to start with spring training. Uh, it'll be a lot different than what I think we've seen here yeah. recently, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to. And I know in talking to players, um, I talked to a couple today, as a matter of fact, that are really looking forward to how things are going to be done. And I think more than anything else, Chris, I think they want to get off to a good start to the season. I know in the past that hasn't always been the case, uh, but I think there's a newfound attitude that I think uh, this team is going to really try and take advantage of. You know, I'm so excited also, Klebs, to see how spring training goes. And from a communication standpoint, you mentioned Mike Schilt, how good he is with fans and media, but you know, also with the players, and things will be a little bit different. Mike Gersh said that one of the things that impressed him most, and he really thinks stands out in terms of the second half of last year, was the ball talk that Mike Schilt implemented yes. and being able to sit That's down with players point. every day and not necessarily say this is what you did wrong or this is how you do it differently, but just talk about the game, man. And, you know, we've heard young guys like Flaherty talk about that. We've heard veteran guys like Wainwright talk about that. And that's something that as we all go about our day-to-day lives right now in whatever profession you have, communication is something that maybe suffers a bit. Everybody's on their phones. Everyone's got their own thing going on. But to sit down and communicate as a team and talk about the game has got to be invaluable. I, I agree, Chris. And I think what we're seeing, the way the game used to be played, guys would stick around after the game in, yeah. in ball talk. You know, they'd have a cold, frosty one, and they'd sit around and – uh, but now it's different. You know, players get out of there pretty quick. So they do it the day of or the day after a game. And I, and I think just talking about the game, and, and I think most fans would agree, there's a lot of ways to win. And there's a lot of different theories and a lot of different things you implement aside from the fundamentals. And it's always interesting to hear what people see or what they heard and how they played this situation. And it's a very, as you mentioned, it's a very relaxed environment. It's it's not a browbeating session or anything like that. But I think it's great, especially for so many young players, to hear how it's done in the eyes of others. Mike Claiborne joins us from Florida on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Give us an idea. You mentioned some of the guys down there of what's going on around the facility. And I think another real feather in the Cardinals cap, Claibs, is that that facility and really the Jupiter community for Cardinals players, staff, front office members. It's not just a spring training facility. There's no, you know, cobwebs or mothballs gathering during the offseason. It's become a year-round facility where they can work with, you know, guys of all levels and staff members and guys who live in the area, guys that want to come down and and get out of the cold. That's become a real asset for the club. Yeah, it's open for business virtually every day. And if you ever go by, 
you're going to see somebody that's working out or rehabbing or doing something. Um, I mean, the trainer's room is always open. Um, and you've seen players, you know, uh, come through there on a daily basis. You know, um, I see Yachty every morning at the gym, and then he leaves the gym and he's hmm. over at the complex doing something with some of the players. Bump. But you're right, and I, I know they want to do some things differently as far as perhaps expansion. But, you know, it's great to have everything under one roof, and that wasn't always the case because when the Cardinals trained over on the other side in St. Petersburg, you know, the complex for everybody was like 20 yeah. minutes away from the ballpark. Now you, you can do whatever you want to do. They've got a little astroturf field where Jose Okendo is just beating into a pump, mm -hmm. hitting ground balls to Colton Wong and Paul DeYoung. I, I think he hits somewhere between 500 and 1,000 balls a day to these two guys <laughs> since I've been down here. I mean, and, and now the, the AstroTurf is getting a little lumpy because, I mean, he's just hitting some rockets to these guys, and, and they appreciate it. And I, I think we're going to be really good up the middle. And, you know, it starts with Yachty. We've got some pretty good defensive-minded pitchers. Um, the young has lost a little weight, and Colton Wong looks sharp, and, of course, Harrison Bader in center field. Uh, you're going to be hard-pressed to find anybody who's going to be able to run out guys like that on a regular basis and, and, and compete. Mike Claiborne with us for a couple more minutes on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Has the industry surprised you, Claibs? And what's kind of the chatter <laughs> that you're hearing, the reaction to the fact that there's, you know, basically 50% of free agents who opened the offseason as free agents from Major League Baseball are, are still out there? Gersh said they're still trying to figure out if this is an aberration or if this is the new normal and then how they adjust. What's your take on what we've seen or maybe better yet haven't seen around baseball? Well, I know the players aren't happy uh, because it, this really is an inconvenience, not only financially and, and term-wise, but from a family standpoint, you don't know where you're going to work. It'll be hard to find housing for some of these players for spring training. And, and that's just that's the easy part, but just the indecision. And, and I think Bob Nightingale said it best. It, it's a travesty that an Andrew Jones, who's one of the best players that, that plays center field in baseball, one of the classiest players in baseball, on and off the field, doesn't have a job. And he's, what, 31, 32 years old? Hmm. And he can play for just about any team in baseball. And, you know, that's the high end. And then you look at a lot of other players who, who may not have that skill set that are sitting at home. Um, you hope that the Players Association and the owners can have a sit-down and get this resolved. Because if they don't, there will be a strike when this CBA is up. I don't think there's any any way the players can continue to uh, to roll like this. And, and it's inconvenient for the organizations. I mean, think about how many teams who are trying to sell tickets and trying to create a marketing strategy can't because they don't know who's going to be on the ball club. No, I, and, I agree 100%. And it, it's, it's a real challenge. You know, Jeff Passan uh, of ESPN reported today, there may have been others, but uh, he reported that according to league sources, there have been discussions between Major League Baseball and the players to change some rules. And one thing worth highlighting, uh, Jeff pointed out, was uh, the union is pitching the universal DH to be implemented for this season. You imagine the Not union would be... Oh, yeah, and, and in happen. terms of a rule change, you know, we're six days away from, from spring training. But if that's this year, if that's... In the foreseeable future, you could imagine they want, you know, more guys and, and more big league jobs. There's also the talk that maybe rosters expand to 26. Um, you know, we've talked with uh, folks before about maybe having like a healthy scratch 
and being able to keep an extra player and the guy who started the night before maybe is is a healthy scratch. But, you know, I think the fact that there are discussions is encouraging even if we don't see stuff implemented right away. But why wasn't this done at the winter meetings or at an earlier stage? I don't know. Um, you, maybe you know, maybe I, it's I reaction to how slowly things have moved. Yeah, but I also think, is this a bargaining chip with the owners? What, what do the players want in return? And, and what do the owners want in return? If the owners say, all right, we'll give you the DH, and, you know, you have to remember you have some, some traditional owners that will say over my sure. dead body, and then you have so many new owners over the last 10 years or so, they think, well, this is great. You know, fans will come out to see offense. So you got the two factions internally that are going to argue about it. But I think if the owners say, okay, if you want uh, another roster spot or you want the DH uh, throughout baseball, what do we get in return? So, I, you know, is this a bargaining chip for now uh, to eliminate the, the slow movement in, in postseason and offseason moves? Uh, so I think there's a little little jockeying going on right now as far as positions are concerned when they actually do have a sit down. But I don't think you'll see a DH this year because that changes the dynamics of a lot of teams, including the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I think you're right. And again, just to be six days away and, you know, you're talking about, you know, planning for a season and having a roster and then can't change the rules because that would change the infrastructure that that you would need mike claiborne yeah. from jupiter man i know uh the cavalry's coming i'm sure that the grass is green we're going to be down this weekend just Can't kept on to... some earlier today you're right okay. it is green. yeah well it's frozen here or maybe non-existent it's e- even the grass has turned gray in st louis that's how well, you don't have to worry about that after sunday <laughs> man we'll see you in a couple days thanks for jumping on and uh yeah can't wait to bring folks countdown from jupiter florida next week We'll have a lot of fun. That's Mike Claiborne. We'll take a break. Mike's going to be with Lane Thomas next, a Cardinal that you're going to hear a lot about coming up this spring and into the future. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren along with Klebs. I'm Chris Raby, Ben Boyd, our executive producer, Mike Anderson, back in the studio. A big thanks to Ann Carroll on the Cardinals Radio Network as well. And we're back in a moment talking more baseball until the top of the hour right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. The Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarin. We are hanging out until the top of the hour. I want to tell you about the Cardinals Kids Club. It's presented by Rawlings and is the fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes exclusive Cardinals items, two tickets to a 2019 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only party at Bush Stadium, and much more. Visit cardinals.com slash kidsclub to join. Cardinals have certainly a bunch of prospects they're excited about that will be down at spring training. We've brought you some of our conversations with them over the last few weeks. And for one more, we turn it over to Mike Claiborne. It's our first chance to visit with Lane Thomas, who has been the talk of the organization. And first of all, welcome to the Cardinals. And uh, it just seemed like it clicked for you because you were a guy that people looked at from a distance. But when the season ended, everybody said, hey, keep an eye on Lane Thomas. So how's that working for you? Oh, it's been incredible. You know, I, I came over from the Blue Jays and had dealt with some injuries even when I got to the Cardinals, you know, and it's I just can't explain how much I appreciate the opportunity just coming here and, and playing in front of new people and, and then just giving me the opportunity. You know, it's been incredible. Yeah, that's interesting. You talk about playing in front of new people. 
because sometimes you can be typecast in an organization and they look at you as just this sort of guy. Fresh set of eyes gets to look at you. They make an adjustment here or there, and all of a sudden you've been re you've been reinvented. Absolutely, it's almost kind of re motivation. You know, it's and that's a tough word because you should always be motivated. But you get what I'm saying. It's just it, it was it was incredible. You know, going to spring training and just meeting some of the new coaches and stuff. It just all kind of clicked, and you know, it worked out well. What was the one adjustment that you made that made you the player that everyone's keeping an eye on now? I think just just not taking it at bats for granted. You know, I had dealt with like I said injuries. You know, and, and coming back from an injury, it's almost like you dwell on it a little bit, and it's hard to really get moving well. So I think I just 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 went in. I'm not going to take a pitch off, or I'm not going to take an at bat off, and that that seemed to just kind of really help me out. Yeah, it's amazing we talk about those at bats. Man, once you give away one at bat, that becomes a very bad habit that you have to re be able to shake. Absolutely, no, I completely agree with you there. You know, it's it's easy to you know, after you get a couple hits, you know, you're like, you know, my day's made. And, but you know, you still got two more at bats, and you know, you might be down a run or two, and, and those are just as important as the first two. Where do you make home? Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, Knoxville. So you UT fan? Oh yeah, big UT fan. It's been nice having a, at least one of the sports do well. The basketball team's kind of doing pretty well right now. So that, that football thing is just one of the great mysteries. They've got incredible facilities. They recruit extremely well, but they change coaches every two or three years. There's no continuity. And I remember the days when they were always in the Sugar Bowl and before Peyton and after Peyton. And now you see it, and you just scratch your head and wonder what the heck's going on. Our fan base is so demanding that I would hate to be a coach because they they're so demanding and winning and recruits and stuff that I could I could imagine it'd be pretty hard to come in there and and, and be successful and so I uh, really respect the coaches who have at least tried you know so hopefully they can get it turned around you know for you coming into spring training what's your goal because I know some guys want to be noticed and then there are other guys that say I'm looking to leave with the big team when we start the regular season. You know, I, don't, I try not to reach too far, just kind of worry about where my feet are at and, and just doing what I'm there to do, you know. So um, this will be my first big league camp, so, you know, I have a, a whole new thing going there. But, it, yeah, it should be good. It should be fun. I think I'm just trying to go in and learn some things that I can take back to Memphis or wherever I start next year. So, yeah. All right, give me some of your, your fun teammates to hang out with. Uh, you know, when you grow in the minors like that, you have fun on the buses. You have a lot of things you do. Nobody's ha Nobody has any money, so you try and find a way to entertain yourself. So who are some of the guys that you've learned to get close to in your first year in the Cardinal organization? Um, I was really close to Tommy Edmond, great guy, you know, just uh, coming over from the Blue Jays. I got pretty close with him throughout that offseason, going to some of the camps. And then in AAA, I was uh, Edward Mujica and Carson Kelly before he got traded, obviously. Um, you know, they just accepted me very well, and didn't didn't look at me too too hard, you know, and helped me out with a lot of things that I needed. And you know, if I was doing something wrong, those guys were the first person to come up and be like, "Hey, you need to do this or change something." So it was just nice to, to have honesty, you know, and and uh, have somebody who cared enough to come and help me out. What position, if you had a favorite, would you like to play on a daily basis? I love playing center field. You know, you can be athletic and do what you want. I think anywhere in the outfield is is, is where I think I'll play. But um, yeah, definitely center field. All right, hey, listen, I'm looking forward to watching you in spring training. First big league camp, that's always a lot of fun. And you'll notice everybody puts their pants on the same way, so nothing changes. Absolutely, that's how you got to look at it. Thank you, sir, and good luck to you. I appreciate the time. Thank you. When we come back, Tom Ackerman tells us about an awesome event the Cardinals, again, are a part of this year. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Emerin. Chris Rebbe with you back in a moment on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. 
Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. I'm Chris Raby. Cardinals, of course, involved in so many fantastic causes in the community and elsewhere. And for more on one of those great causes, we hand it over to Tom Ackerman. Okay, Chris, thank you very much. I am pleased to be joined by the president of SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Foundation, Sandy Kohler, and it is another year for Homers for Health. What an exciting time it is. Cardinal Baseball is here, Sandy. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. I think it's great to be on your show. Well, it's great to have you, and we're excited about Homers for Health. I was there from the beginning. I remember when Matt and Leslie Holiday started this as a member of the Cardinal Glennon Board of Governors, Leslie was really a big part of the success of this amazing program that has raised more than $5.3 million in just seven years, Sandy. Yes, it's really incredible, and it's wonderful. We still have Matt Holliday and Leslie are still very involved in the program. In fact, they were just here in January. They thank all of their Holliday's heroes, and that are people we will talk about the pledge program, but those people that pledge a certain dollar amount, uh, they come in town and still thank them personally for their gifts to help all the sick and injured children at Cardinal Glennon. And Matt's great friend and former teammate Matt Carpenter is now leading this charge, and this year he has a new co-chair. That's Cardinal Glennon patient Luke Beck but I wanted to talk first about the patients at Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital and how much this means to them Sandy you know, it's an incredible program. We, uh, as you mentioned, we've got Luke Beck joining us as a co-chair this year. He's a young boy battling leukemia. He's in remission right now, but he is a huge Cardinals fan, and we are just proud to have him right alongside Matt Carpenter. He's going to be on our posters and on our commercials and really being the face of all those kids that are back at the hospital that are battling some really serious illnesses. And, you know, uh, when you talk to Luke, he'll, he'll mention how when he was going through his treatment, watching Cardinals baseball is a lot what got him through his long days at the hospital and sat there along with his brothers and he still wears a Cardinals jersey every time he comes in for a checkup. I love it. And the Cardinals players come in there unannounced a lot of times and spend time with the kids, don't they? They really do, and that's what's incredible about this program. They come to the hospital. Matt, particularly Holiday back in the day, he would come, and after a game, you know, he would come in to see the kids, and he had a, a home run ball he brought to a patient, and, you know, no cameras are rolling. They really just have a heart for these children, and so we're just proud to have all of the Cardinals supporting Homers for Health. And really coming to the hospital, it's amazing to see these kids. The social media that happens, they forget they're sick for a little while, and they're they're Snapchatting and, and sending texts to their friends just saying, look, who just stopped by to see me. It really cheers them up. I love hearing about Luke Beck and all of the patients and the success stories. And it, just to really look at this, Sandy, I mean, you have a lot of families and patients that cannot afford this kind of treatment elsewhere. And here they are with an opportunity at Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital, SSM Health, and Homers for Health, where people can donate to help them receive that treatment. That's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, the funds go to so many areas, are really our critical areas of need in the hospital. And most recently, Homers for Health was able to fund our entire fourth floor, which is our inpatient cancer unit. 
it hadn't been renovated since 1956. So, um, you know, behind the scenes, it's, it's all new HVAC and wonderful things for the kids, but also the most important and impactful part, it's all private rooms, all private bathrooms, and really a child-friendly, serene beach environment where they can heal. And that's really our goal with this program is to make kids healthy again, get them back to school, get them back out on the playground, and get them back with their families. 2019 Homers for Health from SSM Health, Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. Sandy Kohler is with us. Sandy, let's start with the word that will get out during spring training because that's when the campaign really starts. I love when the players get together and do the commercials. Those are, I don't know who exactly directs those, but they're always funny and really good. Yeah, you know, it's really fun. Uh, we, we hear all the time that our co-chairs will do things for us for the hospital. They they get a little goofy, but really do some serious messaging for us. And we're going down to spring training at uh, the end of the end of this month, actually. And we're going to be filming them and getting their um, all of the photos we need and interacting with them and really talking a lot about the mission and what they hope to accomplish with the program this year. But it's a great way to connect with them. And it's Cardinal Glennon Days at Roger Dean Stadium while we're there. So the entire, everyone that's visiting the Cardinals down in Jupiter gets to be exposed to the hospital as well. I can't wait to see you down there. And then we have the game ball relay on April 4th. That's the home opener. My gosh, we're less than two months away from that already. And the home opener, you're going to relay a game ball from Cardinal Glennon to the mound? We do. It's almost a 5K. We start right here at the hospital, and um, that opening day, we, we take the ball through the streets of St. Louis and around Ballpark Village, and we bring the ball into the stadium, and it's really wonderful because Luke is going to put that ball right on the mound and to really kick off the whole season for Cardinal Glennon and for the St. Louis Cardinals. That's Luke Beck, the Cardinal Glennon patient, who's a co-chair with Matt Carpenter for Homers for Health. And then you also have the Home Run Derby Championships on Friday, May 10th. That's cool. And that's in Forest Park with so many people involved in that, including the Cardinals players. It really, they come and they coach the kids and, and throw that wiffle ball to them. But these kids are actually actively all spring earning their way to Forest Park so that they can be with our co-chairs. And it's a great way. We've got about 50 schools involved. And it's a way that kids can help kids right back at their schools. And they do their own home run derbies or dress down days, anything to support other kids. Because I think it's a way for those children to realize they're at school, but there's a lot of children that are not at school and they're back in the hospital. And, and it's kids giving back to kids. So it's a wonderful day. We're out there with the co-chairs, and we have about 350, 400 kids that make it. And it's a great way to celebrate helping children as they're battling some serious illnesses. Sandy, how can people make donations to Homers for Health? So our pledge program, we've got two ways you can give. First, you want to go to glennon.org. You can find all the information there. But you can pledge as little as 25 cents a home run. And we also have some critical milestones there, too. We have I talked about Holidays Heroes. Matt Holiday, if you give $7 a home run, you're a Holidays Heroes. And then we uh, also have some superheroes that give 70 a home run. But you can also just do a one-time gift. Um, but it's a great way, you know, with the Pledge program, every time any Cardinals players, not just our co-chairs, but the entire team hits a home run, your pledge will go to the, directly to Cardinal Glennon. And one thing that's new this year, we actually are going to have a home run counter out in left field, so you can see those home runs all, all season long. And every time, um, you know, a home run is hit, the kids back at the hospital, uh, you're really putting a smile on their face and brightening their lives. 
I love it. And you got some hitters on this team too. I mean, you got some yeah. guys that this this team's going to hit some home runs. Yes, yes, we're excited about Paul Goldschmidt joining us, and um, so we've got some great people, as you said. We're, it's, a, it's a new day, and, and we were fortunate to have Mike Schilt here recently, uh, joined us at the hospital and visit the kids as well, so that he could really put his support from the entire team behind Homers for Health. You just mentioned two great human beings right there, Mike Schilt and Paul Goldschmidt, and then Matt Carpenter, just another word about him, Sandy, how important he's been and his wife, Mackenzie, they have a, a wonderful family, and he just so much enjoys being part of this community. You know, really having him as the leader of this program has just been wonderful. He comes to the hospital all the time. His wife is very involved. And even while he's been having two young children of his own, it's been wonderful to see him put all of his support um, really quietly and humbly behind these kids. And, you know, it, it really brought along all the other players. And we, we really just appreciate him being the leader of Homers for Health. And he's excited to join Luke Beck and, and partner up with him this year. Sandy Kohler is the president of SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Foundation. Glennon.org is the website to make donations to Homers for Health. We can't wait for an exciting year. Cardinals Nation listening right now, and they will be backing you. I know that. The Cardinals Nation will be there strong for you. We look forward to this Homers for Health campaign. In seven years, $5.3 million. Let's keep it rolling. Yep, we're excited. We can't wait. And, we've, you know, this year we're going to um, – a lot of the funds are going to go to support uh, our Footprints program, the palliative care, and, and one area is our child life specialists, which really provide a lot of distractions for these children going through some critical times. And we're also proud to have John Rooney and Mike Shannon supporting us too. They've been real great supporters, and you'll probably hear them on the air talking about us, and we're, we're grateful for all they do for us. Love it. The benefiting sick and injured children who come to SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital in need of care. It's 2019 Homers for Health. Sandy, have a great rest of your evening. We really appreciate it. Right. Thank you so much, Tom. Go to Glennon.org for your donations. Now let's send things back to Chris Raby. Don't forget the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team returns to Bush Stadium on May 16th. Tickets are on sale now at cardinals.com slash soccer. A quick break, and we're back to wrap things up on this edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Don't forget about the 2019 Cardinals official calendar. It spotlights the signature artwork of the team, photographers with a special salute to unbreakable Cardinals records. And it's on sale now at St. Louis area retailers or at 314-345-9000. We'll give one away right now. Let's get caller number three at 314-531-1120. A big thanks to all of our guests tonight. Mike Gersh, thank you to Megan Eberhart, Lane Thomas, Sandy Kohler, and Tom Ackerman as well. A big thanks as always to Mike Claiborne, my co-host Ben Boyd, our executive producer. Mike Anderson is back in the studio. And thanks to Ann Carroll from the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. We will talk to you a week from today from sunny Florida and Cardinals spring training. Until then, Chris Raby saying have a great rest of your night. This has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.